0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with RJ. If this is your first time listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe and follow so you know exactly when we release brand new episodes. Also, don't forget to share. If you like what you hear, share it with everyone you know. It's been a very long time since I have created a new episode and life has been very demanding. So I really apologize for that. And I really appreciate all those who are uh, continuing to follow me and those who have listened to the older episodes, especially the episodes on Real Talk with RJ on the podcast platforms of Spotify and all the other ones available where you can listen to podcasts. I appreciate all those who went over there and listened to those episodes. And I really love the feedback and the emails that I've been getting from people from fans, letting me know what they think. I absolutely love to read those. And I absolutely love the feedback and the advice and also the uh, the ideas about topics. So this episode is going to focus on something that has actually not been very addressed as in, in my opinion. In a way that I believe it should. It's just, uh, it's really interesting that when we look at, uh, when we listen to music, music is greatly influencing society. It's influencing the the interactions with people. And it's also influencing the type of mentality that people have, the mindset that people have. You know, I've been listening to, like, I, I used to hate country music. I was dating this woman a long time ago and she was a big country fan. And, you know, I was born and raised in the hood. I'm I'm a black guy born and raised in the hood. So I always had that stigma or that uh, that perception that country music is not black people music. And, uh, you know, that's I use those words uh, uh, on purpose deliberately because that was a mentality that I was indoctrinated to have when I was, you know, raised in the hood. Black people don't listen to country music. That's what was taught to me. That's the mindset I was always taught to have. And so when this girl was talking to me about country music, I was like, nah, man, I'm never listening to no country music. I, I won't do that. The only country song I listen to is Garth Brooks, The Thunder Rolls, because that song is cool. That, that's, that's a cool song. I absolutely love it. Other than that, I'm not listening to country music. I don't want to hear about guys getting their trucks back or they're, they're losing all their cows. That was how I thought before. And she's like, just listen to this song. So I listened to one song. I was like, yeah, hey, this song is actually pretty cool. And she had me listen to another song. And every time I listened to those songs, I always thought about her. So I was like, this this music is cool. It's actually positive. It has good, uh, good subjects, good focuses. And then I went to Iraq. I was deployed in Iraq for, for seven months with the Marine Corps. And it was really interesting because the entire time I was down there, I never once heard a hip-hop song talking about, hey, we support you guys. Come home safe. We love you. Thank you for what you're doing for us. I never heard that. I never heard, or, uh, heard a rock song saying, you know, thank you for what you're doing <laughs> or anything like that. I've never heard any rock songs showing love and support to us when I was out there. Not to say they did not. I'm not sure if they ever did after I left. But when I was out there, I never once heard any other genre of music showing love and support for what we were doing. We were leaving our families and sacrificing our freedoms because when you're in the military, you don't have f- the freedoms that your average person has. Like, if you guys don't like uh, like a president, you can insult that president, say they're a piece of crap, they're garbage. You can say whatever you want. You can speak your mind. When you're in the military, you can't. You get in trouble for disrespect and insubordination to a superior uh, noncommissioned officer or the president of the United States. You're not allowed to speak on that. If somebody ever asks you, hey, what do you think about the president? You're supposed to say he's m- the commander in chief and I support. I've sworn to support and defend him. That's all you can say. You can't say anything else. You can't speak your mind and say, I don't like him, but I'll take a bullet from him. You can't say even that. So when I was in Iraq, I was listening to all these different types of music. And believe me, I absolutely love music, whether it's symphonic, whether it's um, from the ballet, whether it's just an orchestrated play from the uh, the, uh, L.A. Philharmonic uh, or any other place like that. I love gospel music. I love rock, death metal, R&B, hip hop, like good hip hop. Not a lot of the garbage, which I'll be talking about uh, shortly hereafter, but I love music because music has a language that even if you don't understand the lyrics, it brings people together. You can bring someone from uh, Jamaica, someone from China, someone from India. You bring all these different cultures and have each and every one of them bring an instrument that is unique to their culture and then have somebody, especially the percussion, someone who's doing the percussion starts it up and then everybody else can fit in. And they will find their sound. And it would just be beautiful when you have all these different cultures coming together to create something beautiful. I've seen it. I've experienced it when I've been in bands with some of my buddies. We would just, I, I would have a riff that I would play on the drums because I, I love playing the drums. And I would just start yeah, hitting the drums and seeing what other uh, other things are happening, seeing what I can do. And next thing I know... um like the other members of the band will come in and start creating something as well. And we compliment each other and we have this work of art music. Like just, it crosses all borders. It crosses all barriers. It crosses our religions. It unites people. I went to go see the Swedish house, uh, Swedish house mafia when they came to the uh, Bunk the California stadium in Los Angeles. And it was raining. And I absolutely loved it because Swedish House Mafia still perform, performed on the stage, and they didn't have an overhang or an awning or anything stopping the rain from hitting them. They were getting rained on. Now, they put a plastic bag on top of their equipment and continued to perform for us, and they were talking to us, you guys enjoy yourselves? And I was like, wow, dude, that's that says a lot. For some, for celebrities to actually get out there and um, and be willing to talk and be willing to perform regardless of the weather, that shows a lot because fans are always willing to do that. You see it in the NFL all the time. When it's snowing, you got fans sitting there huddled up with each other, but they're there. They're showing that support. So it really meant a lot to be able to experience that. But I looked at all these people inside this in the stadium, flooded, full of people. Not one person cared whether or not you support the LGBTQ plus community. Not one person cared whether or not you, Republican or Democrat or, or independent. Not one person cared if you were atheist or Christian. No one cared. We were there to enjoy music. They were there talking about music, enjoying music, enjoying the show. I've like my my another another thing about music is um, my mom married a a guy from Nigeria. So as as a joke, anyone who knows me knows I make jokes all the time about race, whether it be white, black, Latino. Because I think right me personally, I think racism is stupid. So I make fun of it. And it's helped me a lot by me making all these racist jokes from all different things. First, I make sure that people know who I am and know me, that I am not racist at all, but I love to make fun of stupid racism. I make racist jokes so that people don't walk on eggshells around me. I want them to be themselves. So I said i will to say that when my mom got married to this African dude, I made her the ringer to her phone, the, the Lion King song, you know, the circle alive, not the one by Elton John, but the African group that sings. And it it's beautiful, I love that song. But every time she calls me, you are know, and I just start laughing because when I'm at work, the same thing happens. She calls me at work. Then everyone is just quiet. All of a sudden you're now nah, yeah? and I just start laughing and they're like, what the heck? Are you a Lion King fan? I'm like, no, nah, that's my mom. She's she married an African dude. So I did that. And I started saying, Mom, when you got married, did were there a bunch of uh like animals bowing to you and your husband and, you know, holding little lion cubs up and she starts laughing shut up boy don't you ever tell my husband that i was like i won't you know he doesn't know me like that so i'm not gonna joke with him like that but you know i'm just i'm a big avid person um i'm a big avid person when it comes down to uh like freedom i want people to actually you know be themselves around me i want i want people to be comfortable i want people to know that they can talk that they can be themselves that's the most important thing i don't like people walking on eggshells and thinking they have to be super politically correct or or anything like that it's all about it's all about them being who they are it's all about being comfortable with yourself it's all about uh uh, being yourself because if you can't be yourself then i'm doing something wrong or maybe you are but i want to make sure that that fault is not on me um So I've been listening to hip hop and I've been looking at different cultures and it's just, it's really interesting because when I listen to country music and I see country fans, if you look at like fans of country music, their culture is very family oriented. They have that Southern, uh, even if they're not from the South, they have that Southern, um, Southern uh, generosity, as they say, you know, they're looking out for each other. They're talking with each other. They're uh, good neighbors. They, you know, you move in across the street, they're going to come over there with a pie or break you something and say, welcome to the neighborhood. Can I help you out? You know, that tends to be the culture amongst country music fans. I listen to, uh, like, I see Latinos. They have a very big culture of family, regardless of what, uh, what uh, category of Latino you happen to be, whether it's Salvadorian, Venezuelan, Nicaraguan, and Mexican, whatever the case may be, they tend to have a family culture. And their music is, you know, love some a lot often drinking, you know, from uh, you know, from ranchero mariachi. Um, they have this style of music called corridos, which is like, um, they're like, uh, bandit gangster type of uh of music. But that's not the stuff you hear on the radio all the time. That's stuff you gotta kind of look for and listen to. And it's not the things I never hear corridos. At least not in my experience. I've never heard corridos on the radio as the mainstream type of music. I see reggaeton, which is from those of you guys who know Daddy Yankee, uh, Don Omar, Bad Bunny. Like, they tend to sing reggaeton, um, uh, Latin pop. These different things, like, they're about having a good time, about love, about meeting women, stuff like that. Now, I'm looking at hip-hop. When I was growing up, a large portion of hip-hop was talking about the struggles that Black people were enduring. They're talking about how the police were, you know, back in the in the 80s, 60s, et cetera, how they were out there just beating people up, how they, especially blacks. They were beating blacks up. They're talking about that in hip hop. They're talking about how, you know, how we were oppressed and, you know, it's hard for anybody to get out. You know, we're trying to feed our families. They're talking about real things. Um, like Tupac said uh, in one of his songs, he said, um, my stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a, a purse to snatch. It's like, that's how he was back when he was a kid. Like he had to, he felt he had to commit crimes in order to survive because nobody else would give him a chance. Now, I don't know his backstory like that in depth. So I can't say, oh, well, he was justified in feeling that because you you never know somebody's life or the circumstances. It's easy to tell a, uh, the coach of a football team what they should have done at, you know, fourth and one with two minutes left in the game after you watch it. But when it's your neck on the line and you have the clock ticking down against you, it's it's a whole different story. Just like people go, oh my gosh, is a waitress job that hard until you become a waitress and you're like, oh crap, this is actually really difficult. So why did I say that? Because I wanted to talk about what hip hop is doing. I look at the Jewish community and I see that these people are united. They look after each other. They hire each other. They work with each other. They build each other up. Yes, there's many that are greedy that are, that's in any race, that's in any culture. But they're building each other up, they're smart business people, and they they don't just blow their money. They save their money so that they can do fun things with it later on. And I've worked with lots of Jewish people. I, I, the Jewish community is an awesome community, especially when they they see that you are open and respectful of other cultures. They Man, they're very welcoming people. They're awesome. Same thing with Persians. I've met a lot of Persians who do very similar things. Uh, people from the country, uh, you know, those individuals, they don't go out and buy these really expensive, extravagant luxury cars because they're like, that's stupid. I can't put my fishing pole in the back of a, of a Ferrari, <laughs> you know, or I can't go put, uh, hook my boat to the back of a Lamborghini. Why do I want a Lamborghini? Give me a good truck where I can put my tools in. It, I can put an ATV in it, I can put my pool in it. I can sleep in the back of it. I can. Wa- I mean, they put money where you know, where it's gonna actually matter. They buy a ranch so they can have a life to build on without feeling like they're trespassing on their neighbor's backyard or their privacy and they can do whatever they really wanna do. These people have their priorities straight. Listen to the Latino music, they have that family unit. And if you look at a lot, like in my experience, and again, this is my experience, this is not saying 100% across the board, but in my experience, Whenever I would see a Latino business owner, I see lots of Latinos working for them, especially in the construction industry. Lots of Latinos working. And it's not to say that no one else can work for them or they won't hire any well anyone else. I just see that they help each other out. They lift each other up. Now, what do I see very common now in my own culture? In my own culture, I don't hear hip-hop talking about be a good father. Be there for your kids. No matter how hard it gets, make sure your son knows that he's like the right way to be a man. Make sure your son knows that being a gang member is not the right way to live your life. Don't cheat on your girl. Ask her to marry you when you're serious about her. I don't hear that stuff in hip-hop. I hear women being limited to the B-word. Women now in hip-hop are sexual objects for gratification. In just about every hip-hop song I heard, I hear the B-word referring to a woman, and then, all oh, women love me, they give me this, these girls ain't loyal. Like, they, they devalue the black woman. They devalue women, period. But very specifically, when you look at the music videos, you see black women are the ones that are really focused on in these videos. And you look at the women, the female rappers out there. I mean, you you see Lizzo over here getting an award talking about, oh my gosh, we're so oppressed. Really? I am so sick and tired of hearing people from my culture talk about how oppressed we are. When majority of the NFL is black, majority of the NBA is black, majority of the hip-hop community is black. There are tons of successful black like uh, um, uh, business owners you know what the difference between them and the people complaining about them is? One has the mentality of where victims were oppressed. The other people are only paid to say that. They don't believe that. There's no such thing as a successful victim. It doesn't exist. Because as long as you're a victim, you won't fight. You won't go out there and do what needs to be done and get your money. I don't see like Black-owned businesses out there hiring tons of Black people in their own company. Unless they're like family members or people they really know. It doesn't happen like that as commonly as you see Latinos hiring other Latinos. Why? Because the music culture that we have now divides us so se- severely. When someone has a nicer car than you, it's very common in my culture for people to want to go out and out- outperform them. They want a better car. They want to get a a better uh, product or whatever the case may be. They want to get something better. They don't care about just getting their own or just like performing their best. They want to get better than the other person. And then you have this tone that has been adopted. You see all these women on TikTok, all these these women out there going, you know, what is wrong? Where are all the good men at? And then you start asking them and you look at their other TikToks. Oh, girl, if your man want a sandwich or your man wants something to eat, tell him to go make it himself. And they're under this impression that what they bring to the table is them. No, that's an illusion that just about every black female rapper and and actually, yeah, just about every black female rapper out there is out there pushing this, I'm a boss B, I don't need nobody. Go get that man, get his money, get your own, you know, handle your own business don't let no man control you don't let a man tell you what he should and shouldn't do don't let a man speak for you like they they live on this guise of all men being toxically masculine and dictators they don't ever talk about the good men out there yet you listen to the lyrics that cardi b and Nicki minaj say then look at how they live in their own home Look at the relationship they have. They are making the dinner and meals for their men because their men have options. They're wealthy men. They know that they can leave. They know that they don't want them to leave, so they cook for them. They take care of them. They also help clean. There's a video of Cardi B out there sweeping her own house, and, and her and her dude was out there saying, wait, didn't you say that you, know, you don't sweep, you don't ever do work? She's like, shut up. Cut, uh, turn that camera off. And it got posted. So they're telling you one thing and they're not even living that. Lil Jon, that is a character that he puts on. He does not talk like, okay. That's not his actual normal way of speaking. He's actually very articulate. Same thing with E-40 and and a lot of other moguls in the hip hop game. They don't talk the way they rap. They know that's what sells because that's what people want to hear. But why do we want to hear that? Why are we feeding into that? What is the result of hip-hop in the black community? Do you realize that just about every major skyscraper out there is either, and there are exceptions, of course, but just about every skyscraper in Los Angeles and also in the coastal cities and coastal uh, uh, states, just about all those skyscrapers and busy ports are owned by multiple Asians, multiple uh, Koreans, Chinese, multiple Persians, multiple Jewish people. One person rarely ever owns any of that. It's usually a partnership of people from the same culture. I have a number of friends that work in the real estate industry. I learned this from them. It's not that hard to become very wealthy. If you find multiple people who are like-minded, who want to spend a little money to make a lot of money, and who are willing to focus and, and not blow their money on these extravagant purses that they don't need, or like they they tell you like, dude, a car is one of the worst investments you can get. It never appreciates in value unless it's a collector's item. As soon as you buy your car, it starts to lose value. You buy a house, it increases value. It gives you a, a level of, of interest in uh, an equity that makes money for you. That's why these people out there are united. The music they listen to is all about unity, celebrating, uplifting making people stronger making people better hip-hop is one of the greatest forms and i don't mean great as impossible i mean like the largest it's one of the largest forms of black oppression because other styles of music don't talk about the stuff that hip-hop talks about the black community has the largest rate of fatherless homes the black community has the largest rate of fathers not being active in their kids lives so as a result of uh, paternal absenteeism you have all these boys growing up and trying to be what they believe is a man i've experienced that i didn't have a father growing up my dad went to prison when i was nine years old and died two days before september 11th so when he got arrested It hurt me. It hurt me and broke my heart because for the first time, I realized I was a statistic. I was just another black kid without a father. So, you know, because I didn't have a man teach me, hey, son, because when you have both parents there, you're able to get the attention and nurturing that you need from both parents. You're able to get a balance. But when you have a single parent, I'm not saying it's impossible. There are tons of single parents who have done some incredible things with their kids. Nonetheless, they are still at a disadvantage. That's just a fact, because if you're a single parent, unless you are getting tons of money in child support and you're effectively using that for your kids and you're able to stay at home or you're wealthy enough to work from home and actually, you know, give your kids the attention and and nurturing they need by you personally, then that's an exception. But usually if a, if a parent is a single parent, they have to work so they're not able to spend the time that they would want to spend with their kids personally. They just don't have that luxury. They can't be at work and at home at the same time unless they work from home. But even then, you can only do so much working from home because you still gotta dedicate your time to your job. So hip hop has destroyed the solid traditions that that my beautiful culture once had. You go outside these days, I mean, it was so normal. In my culture when i was growing up to see a boy walk over and open the door for his girl or for his date whether it's the first date or not i have seen i don't know how many times members of my culture the males walking with only a phone in their hands and they're sitting there texting doing nothing else and their woman is carrying all the bags now this is not about misogyny and saying women can't do this it's saying a woman shouldn't have to Women are special. They're sacred. That's why they're given the gift to create life. That's why God entrusted them with the gift to love in a way no one else can. But hip-hop is, is numbing their ability to love and to see just how special they are. One of the reasons why members in my culture were so special, especially the, the women, were so special is because they didn't have this sense of entitlement that is common now in, all, in every culture, actually. It's not just unique to, to just my culture. It's very unique to just society. People are entitled. There are women going to dinners and they're demanding that this man pay for everything. Like, this is your first date. You know, like you're expecting to get taken out to this five-star restaurant. He doesn't know you. They don't roll out the red carpet for you at your job interview. They Unless they're trying to recruit you and it's like a big, you're a big deal. This is like a job interview for a, a, for a romantic relationship. So many women these days because of the culture and also hip hop affects a lot more than just black culture. Hip hop determines fashion. Hip hop determines like what you see on a lot of TV. They have this genre of of books called urban books. I detest urban books because they're full of stereotypes. And all the civil rights activists that came and fought hard for my right to be educated, they did not do that so that I can be stupid. They did that so that I can live. They did that so I can be smart. They did that so that I didn't have to be a stereotype and talk like a slave. If anyone in America is a slave today, it is by choice. Not because of circumstance. There are tons and tons of people who have gone through and are still in the NFL that came from the most poor areas in America. It's not where you were raised, it's who you choose to be. So if you want to be a victim and say, oh, the government's oppressing us, the government's suppressing us, the white man is suppressing us, but you go ahead and be a victim. And I hope you don't have kids because you're gonna create more victims. The difference between you and very wealthy people is that wealthy people aren't victims. They find solutions. California is talking about this type of incentive uh to uh, of a type of reparation. It's really interesting that this is coming out close to like major elections happening and stuff like that. They're, they're targeting people of color and uh, people who are have immigration status. Now, people like, you know, people who are black might be thinking, oh, that's cool. I'm about to get $1,000 a month for for two years. That's cool. I think that's BS. Because those are tax paying dollars and no one voted on that. There are white people that are paying like to you and Asian people and and uh, uh, other African people who are not born in America, they're paying taxes to fill your butt. Or to fill your account, excuse me, to support you. That's not fair. Because you're saying, well, you know, my people went through slavery. But if we look at real history, and I've done an episode on this before, if you look at actual history, especially when it comes down to the slave trade, there were almost as many black slave owners as there were white slave owners. There is no monopoly for the African slaves in slavery. There is no monopoly. We do not have a monopoly on that. The first slaves on this soil, were Native American, but they knew the land and they were able to escape. They were the first slaves. Latinos were enslaving each other back in the Aztec, Mayan days. They were enslaving weaker tribes, just like the Africans were doing the same thing in Africa. So if the Europeans never bought slaves from Africa, it would not have stopped slavery. In fact, you hear people talking about Great Britain and saying, oh, were well, they colonizers and this and this is the family is racist they built their house on colonizing it was actually great britain to be the first country to stop slavery they stopped it in like in 1730 something It was like 1730 something was when slavery or 1830 something like that 1830 or 1730 but they were the first ones to actually stop slavery america didn't do it until like 30 years after really interesting fun fact But why am I saying all this? Because look how we're treating each other. We're so focused on the color of skin and being shamed that people are not uniting. The Woman King, that movie came out and I love Viola Davis's ability to act. I love her acting talents, but then I hear her say, if you don't support this movie, then you are saying that women cannot hold the top spot in the box office. I was like, that was pathetic. For some reason, there was a big mo- uh, movement in Hollywood to shame the audience into watching the movie. If you don't watch this movie, you're racist. I'm like, I'm not gonna spend money to prove that I'm not racist. I don't care what you think of me. No, I paid to see a Top Gun Maverick. Maverick didn't have to come to my house and say, "Hey, if you don't if you don't come watch this movie, you don't support the military." No, I I saw the commercials. I saw the way they created it. Heck yeah, I wanted to watch that movie. I didn't even need to be convinced. I wanted to watch it. It was a great movie. And then Avatar. As soon as I've been watching the tickets, as soon as I saw the tickets were available, I bought tickets. I'm going to go see Avatar. Nobody had to come over and shame me into watching Avatar. If a movie is good, you don't need to shame anyone to seeing it. But people are trying to guilt you into watching a movie that sucks just because it will make them money. They don't care about you. They care about you making them money. That's it. If you don't watch Lord of the Rings, you're racist. That's stupid. No, Lord of the Rings suck. You guys changed what Lord of the Rings is. There's a reason why Star Wars isn't doing that well, because Disney decided to change it into a, a freaking Barney show. Even the guy that plays Luke Skywalker, he was like, uh, this is not the Luke that I know. I just did it because, you know, my boss told me to do it, but this is not the Luke that I know. The Luke I know would not stop and retreat and shame himself he would figure out a way to solve the problem and come back the media is changing and it's just causing so much division female uh, like female uh artists in the hip-hop industry are out there showing every part of their body leaving nothing to the imagination and then they're trying to convince you to believe oh this is empowering no it's not to walk out there and show your body without respect for yourself in my opinion is not empowering it's literally like excuse me let me re- retract the word literally but metaphorically it is the same as it's the same as going out and and kissing a slave owner's butt just so you can get an extra portion of food you're losing your dignity so you can get a little extra but then, what is your dignity worth to you? Because I'm telling you that that film Hidden Figures, where those uh, those black women work from behind the scenes, and they help get the shuttle into space, they help the uh, the computer processing, you know, move far and move very fast ahead, doing mathematics and all kinds of other things that would, if they were not there, we would not have got been able to get to space successfully the way we wanted to. I'm telling you, in their interview, no one was thinking about what cup size are you. Are you willing to sleep with the uh, the executive engineer who's in charge of everything? Are you willing to sleep with him to you know to get this job? No, they cared about how smart they were. When you go to medical school, they don't care about how many sexual partners you've had or or whether you like to to swing or whether or not you you can you know you're talented with your mouth. They don't care about that. They care: can you save a life? Can you perform surgery? Can you perform the job? When you go into the military, they care. Can you use this weapon and keep your your brothers and sisters to the right and left of you safe? I'm looking at people who are getting jobs that shouldn't have them, in my opinion. And people can say this is fat shaming. I I don't care if you think it's fat shaming. I disagree with you. But I'm saying this right now. I have seen police officers and I've seen prison guards (laughs) super fat. I think they should be fired. Why do I say that? Because imagine if your husband or your wife or your brother or sister were a police officer and they were fit. They were being attacked and assaulted and they were at a disadvantage. They had been knocked on their back and the only person close by is this super out of shape person that is their backup. And that's the difference because the difference between you living and dying or your family member living and dying could be a couple seconds depending on the situation. And this super out of shape person is going to like shuffle over because they can't move their body. I have seen largely overweight officers. I'm not talking about size 36 or 37. I'm talking about they're like size 50 on their waist. Like really, really obese individuals still wearing a badge. Those individuals need to be behind a desk, not driving a car out in society. If you cannot run, if you cannot sprint, you should not be in the field because that's where all the danger is. You need to be able to get there fast to save a life because seconds could be the difference. And the same thing happens when you're in the military. If you're in the military and you can't pass a physical fitness test, they should kick you out completely. If you can't pass a uh, physical fitness test, you should be kicked out because you're not you're not worth you're worthless as far as being able to do the job you're there to do, unless you're you know like intelligence and i don't need you to be able to move like run from one side or another if you're doing intelligence i just need you to be smart but if you're going to be in the field where you have the opportunity of getting contact meaning you're getting you can get shot at meaning you've driven on a convoy or they're on a base and the base is getting overrun speed and intensity are very important aspects of survival i'm thinking that there's a lot of people out there who are in places they are because they used her body to get there. Look at J-Lo. J-Lo's an incredible dancer. I won't take that away from her. I don't think she can sing as well as she thinks she can. But I think she's a good singer. I don't think she's a great singer. But I think she, she, she's a very talented singer. And I heard I, my, my fiancé told me uh, about the possibility of J-Lo singing a Whitney Houston song. And I I actually got upset. <laughs> I heard somebody told me that it was actually um, it was just like a uh, it was a troll. Like it was just a fake thing just to kind of play around as a joke. But I was like, you better not, girl, you would destroy your entire career because Whitney's songs are very difficult to do, even for seasoned professionals. And if you don't have a voice like Jennifer Husson or, or or Fantasia or other people that I think even I think Alicia Keys could probably in my opinion, I think Alicia Keys could probably hit some of her songs. I don't know if she can do the I Will Always Love You, but that's that's a song you got to really hit hard. But, uh, yeah, I heard J-Lo was going to try to do a, a song, you know, the, the cover of I Will Always Love You, and I laughed and I was mad. You better not. Girl, you would end yourself doing that. No no one will ever leave you alone. You will get letters at your house, emails, t- tweets. <laughs> like, you will get hit everywhere of what were you thinking. But anyway, I was just saying, like, how, you know, I was just thinking about just how detrimental, you know, society has been impacted, or excuse me, how much destruction has happened among my culture from hip-hop. Because they're not glorifying business mentalities. They're not talking about building businesses and, and, you know, going to school to get an education. They're not out there talking about, you know, staying married and working things out. When COVID hit, all I heard like people were out there staying at home. When, when, uh, excuse me, um, 2007 hit or no, 2001 hit when the economy went down really bad back in 2001, 2002, the economy was really bad. And I heard hip hop, uh, artists talking about, I got a house on my neck, you know, got a rolly on my wrist, I got chains and chains and all kinds of other stuff talking about how much money they're making. And I heard country music talking about, man, life is hard, but we're going to get through it. Don't give up. Don't stop. I'm looking for jobs, but the cost of living's high and growing. Like, they're singing songs that the American people and the rest of the world can relate to. They're talking about things that, for from the perspective of people who are suffering, they are out there reaching out and relating to the people that are in pain and in need i've seen tons of celebrities in hurricane situations out there helping giving food donating money like donating stuff in person they didn't care about the cameras they were there to help i ain't seen p diddy do that i ain't seen jay-z do that i haven't seen these hip-hop moguls out there in person doing that unless there was a camera around I'm saying it's, like, hip-hop is actually really doing a lot of damage. There are some, there are very few hip-hop stars that are talking about actual material. They're talking about actual things that we're experiencing. They're talking about stop blaming. Like, there's this one song. Um, it's, I, I mean personally, like, I don't, again, I don't judge anybody for how they want to live their life or how they want to talk. This is just me, personally. I prefer not to listen to music with, with cussing in it and stuff. I just... Me personally, I think there's a lot of other ways you could articulate something without using a curse word and it allows a stronger impact. And that's just my opinion. There's a song called Stop Blaming the White Man. I encourage every person to listen to it. I completely forgot. I have it saved to my playlist, but I I forgot his name. But I really encourage you, listen to the song. It's called Stop Blaming the White Man. And it's by a black rapper. And the things he says are just undeniable. And I think that's one of the greatest challenges in our culture is this perspective of victimhood. We're victims, we're victims, we're helpless. There's nothing we can do. Well, if there's nothing we can do, why do these politicians come and kiss our butts and make all these empty promises? Because our voice is a lot louder than they want us to think. When you pacify a threat, you can make that threat go away. We're being pacified by thinking, "Oh, you guys are victims. You guys are victims. We're going to give you these uh, these reparations because that's fair. You know, you guys deserve that." How do you know your ancestors weren't actually slave owners? Oh, well, well, I'm black, so there were black slave owners. It should not. It is not fair for Americans of any other culture to to have to fund just one culture if there's a, uh, if there's reparations money going out, everyone should be making money off that. Everyone should get that reward. If there's money going out from the government, it should hit everyone equally. The government's not supposed to be, you know, biased toward one race. We're looking at that and going, oh, well, you know, well, it's, we had that coming just because you're the recipient. But what if the tables were turned? What if the government wanted to say, you know what, all the all the oppression from uh, from the BLM riots and stuff like that, all the white businesses and everything, we're going to go ahead and give a bunch of money to only white people. I guarantee you, people will be like, that's racist, that's racist. How come it's not racist if they want to go out and give money to just black people? I do not watch BET. I don't subscribe to it. I, I am uh, against BET. I boycott everything having to do with that channel. Why do I do that? Because the name of the channel is called Black Entertainment TV. And most of the stuff on BET stereotypical. If you would just say urban entertainment TV, I would I have no problem. You can go ahead and put all that stuff. But when you say black entertainment is this stereotype, I don't I feel that's racist. I feel that is bad. It is oppressive to my people. It's very disrespectful to all the civil rights activists who fought hard to show people who we really are and what we're capable of being. Look in the history of the Red Tails. The Red Tails were given second-rate planes. They are getting the crappiest planes and the crappiest missions and were still putting points on the board, critical points on the board. Frederick Douglass taught himself how to read. There's so many stories of, of Blacks who have had uh, like uh, the less of something or had a disadvantage of something and rose to the top. So we're very capable of this. And those forces that mean to keep us down don't want us to know that. So those who are in charge of hip-hop are out there saying, no, you can't say hip-hop, you know, sing hip-hop songs that talk about men need to be there for their sons and their daughters. Men need to be honest and and loyal to their girls. When's the last time you heard somebody rap about, yeah, my wife is right here and we're good? T.I. had a show about, you know, T.I. and Tiny's uh, uh, life. Or a family hustle or whatever. You would see them, but you never hear T.I. talk about his wife or how much he loves her like that. There's a song, I got I got your back, boy. But you don't hear rappers talking about their wife and how much they love them and how good of a woman they are for being there. Why? Because that defeats the narrative of what hip hop's supposed to do. And you might ask yourself, like, well, why would hip hop want to tear down their own race? Because those guys are getting paid lots of money to do it. It's the same reason why there were Africans out there capturing other weak African tribes and enslaving them, knowing that these people are going to get raped, knowing that they're going to get whipped, beat, tortured. They did it anyway. Why? Because they were making money. The love of money is the root of all evil. This is such a critical point. If in, you know, they keep putting all this woke crap inside these Disney movies and, and, and all these other movies. And they keep trying to shame us into believing that if we don't support that movie, then we're bigot, we're racist, we're homophobic, whatever the ca- category they want to label us. And then even rotten potatoes, I've seen a number of videos that have shown that rotten potatoes has actually been hacked. There's a lot of bots in the account where people are like, how is this movie done so well yet look at the box office the box office is showing that this movie flopped yet you're seeing 5000 verified uh, ratings in Rotten Tomatoes saying that this movie is a 98% or 95% it doesn't match people are out there trying to shame you into accepting what they want you to accept because they don't want you they don't they don't they don't want you to think for yourself they can't handle you thinking for yourself you're a threat to them the only way the only way that they get power is if we give it to them if you support these urban books you are supporting a stereotype that so many people fought to get up, uh, get us out of. That's the reality. Why well, well, I relate with these stereotypes or these these urban books? I relate with them. I like how they they relate with me. Uh-uh. Don't fall for that. Wake up. Don't fall for that narrative. It's so critical because people are trying to take away the power that you have. Again, they come and kiss your butt for a vote because your voice is loud enough. Do you see them going out to the Asian cultures, like to the to the uh, the Chinese culture? No. When's the last time you have seen a politician go out to Chinatown and say, you know, we really want to like uh, uh, talk to the Chinese in America, and they don't do that. They go to the uh, to the the like the blue collar neighborhoods where all the workers are. They come to the black community and talk about, we want to give you guys better schools. Really? Do you really? Well, didn't you guys have the the White House, Congress, and the Senate for the last two and a half something years? Didn't you guys have all that? And you still didn't give us that? When are we going to wake up and realize that there are a number of forces at play that are not oppressing us. They're manipulating us into oppressing ourselves. There's too much proof out there to show that we are not being oppressed. There's too many success stories from people coming from being homeless to massive successes. We have YouTube. We have TikTok. You can become very successful off of those two, sta- those two things alone. Just those two uh, 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 platforms, you can become very successful. You can create your own business and do so much. The government's not oppressing us. There are scholarships and so much college money out there just because you're Black, just because you're Latino, just because you're Asian. There are so many scholarships out there, but we don't know how to do it because that requires work. And a lot of people don't want to work to find out where these scholarships are. But we have the Internet. We can just Google scholarships for Black people, scholarships for Latinos, scholarship for Asians. They'll pop up. But then we see a lot of us see these and we're like, nah, that requires an essay and community service. I don't feel like doing all that. We want the easy route. That's what hip hop does. Hip hop gives us this illusion that in order to be successful, you got to have these chains. You got to have these Rolexes. You got to have all oh, this nice car. And then guess what? You're not going to attract a good, upstanding, honest, loyal woman with all that stuff. Because the type of women that are attracted to that, they're not—they're not a good, honest, loving, loyal woman that don't care how much money you make. As soon as they see them diamonds like flicker in the sun, they're like, "Oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, like look at me. I'll do anything you want me to do because I want the resources you have." They're gold diggers, and that's not just exclusively to women. There are men out there who are gold diggers as well. There are tons of dudes out there who are gold diggers. They're just a little more subtle about it, but they're still—they're there. There's a lot of them, too. But I tell you, there are a lot of judges that are black, a lot of lawyers that are black. Why am I saying all this? I I wasn't about making, you know, making it black or white, per se. That's not what the focus was. I'm saying all this to say we're not oppressed. This is not 1960 or 1950. We're separate but equal, and there's whites only and blacks only, faucets and stuff like that. Although there are a number of organizations that are being used to try to make us oppress ourselves. Because I'm telling you, if, if we support the government and giving us reparations, that's going to cause a massive chasm between those who don't get them. It's going to increase in the level of racism. We don't want more racism, we want less. And honestly, racism is not the greatest uh, threat to our country. And, and more specifically, racism is not the greatest threat to the black race. Uh, that's just a fact. People will disagree with that and say, "Yes, it is. Look at, oh my gosh, we're so attacked." We're okay. Let me ask you this, okay? Like, because there's a lot of people out there that would say, "Well, you know, we're we're attacked far more uh, uh, by cops, you know, um, than those who are not." Well, let me just let me just you know, feed this uh, if you're open to it. You don't see the tons of white people that are arrested and pulled out of their cars and beat. You don't see that because it doesn't fit the narrative. No one cares about that. On media, that's just the reality. No one cares about the white person who was shot while unarmed. I've seen these videos with my own eyes. They have very few views. Nobody cares about that, but the black person that gets shot by a cop, whether it's white or black, uh uh-uh. People are all on it and they're sharing it and they're talking about it and they're like, oh my gosh, then the news picks it up. See, we, we empathize. We're against racism. It's an opportunity to sell one more episode. They don't care about you. More black people kill black people than cops kill black people. More black people kill black people this year than cops have killed black people in the last 40 years. So our number one concern is not against the police department. Our number one concern is Is reinstituting and strengthening the family. If we start like keeping our families together, if our black men start working and and, like working hard and being there for their kids, and these women who are single mothers stop using, and I'm not this is not again, this is not to all. I know that there are women out there that really want their the, the fathers of their kids to be part of their lives, and there's just a lot of deadbeat dads. Having said that, there are also probably just as many, if not more, women out there who are weaponizing their kids and saying, You can't see our kid. You can't see your son. Not until you pay me what I think you should pay me, or, or not until you do this, or not until they, like they're using their kid as a, as a chess piece to like manipulate the father into doing something else. If your child is suffering and your nails are done with that child support money, uh uh-uh, uh, you're doing something wrong. Your child needs to be taken care of first. It's called child support. That doesn't mean that you don't have to work as a woman. You know, yeah, my man or my ex gives me child support, so I don't work. That money's meant to support your kid, not you. It's not mama support, it's child support. And if you really want to empower yourself, take the power away from the media by putting on these long eyelash extensions that you don't need because you're beautiful. A lot of, there's so many, I, I see these videos out there saying, with these women saying, oh, I put on makeup for myself. I do that for me. I don't do that for nobody else. I call BS on that. Because when you go to sleep and you wake up in the morning, you go in by your house, you ain't doing all that. You ain't putting on all that stuff and getting, you're not putting on a dress, you know, and walking around the house like top notch. You're not doing all that. You're comfortable. You're relaxing. When you got to go out to the store or go out somewhere else, that's when you put on some form of makeup or start dressing up you know, to go do what you gotta do because you care about the external appreciation. Everyone does, to some degree. Whether it be a little bit or a lot of it. Everyone cares about external appreciation to some degree. It feels good to be appreciated and it feels good to feel your best. But I'm saying there's all these women, like like the, the standards are just getting so re- uh, so poor too as well. Like I'm looking at hip hop and I'm seeing these women with all these different wigs on these long nails, these eyelash extensions, these body suits, these uh, fat transfers to their butt, you know, making, and and if that's what you want to do because it makes you feel better about yourself, hey, you have the right to do whatever you want. It's your body. I just think it looks funny because it never looks natural. There'll be this woman with a very slim, like it's clear you got a butt job. It never looks real. I've never once seen it look real. And like proportion to be realistic, I, it always looks like a lopsided Barbie that got stung in her butt by like a, a gang of wasps or something like that. It just it always looks funny to me. And honestly, if you want to attract attention to your butt rather than how smart you are, how incredible you are, then you're you're missing out just how special you are. I mean, I've been talking a lot about women, and it's not you know I'm not at all against women. You know, I'm a gentleman. I love my fiance. I've been raised by a single mother who is the most powerful woman I've ever met in my life. Um, she's an incredible woman. I respect women so much. I just think there is a massive war on women right now. And I'm not even talking about the feminists. These feminists, I think the, the new feminist movement is full of idiots, full of stupid people. They don't want equality. They want superiority. They're talking about, oh, we're not getting the same rights that men are. Oh, well, okay, but what, what rights do men have that women don't? And they can never give answers to that. They can never actually answer these things. You're like, well, men are making way more than 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 women are in the workforce, and that's because men are the majority of the workforce. Of course, they're making more. They're majority, and we also work the jobs that nobody wants. There there is like as There are no women. There are little to no women in the bricklaying uh, um, industry. Little to no woman in the actual construction industry, and plumbing and electrical. There are little to no women in those industries, in the uh, engineering industries. There are little to no women in those things. You see a lot of women supervisors, a lot of women like managers and supervisors come out and go, I don't like hiring women because all these other problems come with them. All this drama comes with them. For any of you out there who work in an office job, is there a level of toxicity? Like girls backstabbing each other and stuff like that. That's that new society. That's the result of the new society of entitlement. There's a lack of self-respect. They are replacing women in sports with boys who can't cut it against other boys. And then when they tie, there's a woman, there's a female swimmer out there who tied exact time in a swimming pool with a trans boy. And they let the boy carry the medal or the, the trophy. The girl got sent home with nothing. And she got she, hers was gonna get mailed to her. She was asking, how come I can't take a picture with the trophy? They're like, we've already made a decision. It's gonna go to her, meaning the boy. So, like, women are being devalued and misplaced. Excuse me, not misplaced, replaced. They're now called bleeders or or baby makers, and they're just getting replaced. And then there's a flood of porn hitting everywhere. Everywhere you go, there's a flood of porn. I went to go see this uh this movie premiere. I uh, I signed an NDA so I can't actually say what the name of that movie is. Seriously it was just it was very it was it was very bothersome because there was in the premiere you see a boy uh pleasuring himself. He's definitely a boy. He's not a he's not a young man. He's he's a like like a 14, 15 year old boy and he's pleasuring himself to the image of this girl, he took a picture of this girl who's about his age and she's wearing a bikini. She's has no bra on the entire movie. She's in fact, she's the only girl that has no bra on. And like, it's just, it sexualized this young girl. And then it it sexualized a boy. WTF on that, right? You look at Balenciaga where's the outrage where are the celebrities condemning the outrage on that as soon as elon musk bought twitter their celebrities left and right oh how dare you you're wrong and you're gonna sit there and change it i'm getting off twitter twitter is wrong twitter is evil really why is that type of outrage going up against trump and against elon musk yet jeffrey epstein didn't get that kind of outrage from celebrities yet the dude that uh that run that human trafficking chain that supposedly killed himself in jail. I forget his name, but there was no voices speaking out against him like that from celebrities. What about Balenciaga? I don't see a ton of celebrities out there speaking against Balenciaga when they got this child sex stuff going on. All this is relatable. All this is like, it matters to the subject because the media is pushing this narrative. They are trying to sexualize children, so that you'll just be okay with it. They're gonna shove it down your throat and in your face so much. It's called a uh, uh, subconscious uh, subconscious ad, uh, advertising. Like think about it when you know when you see a uh, when it's hot and you see a nice ice cold Pepsi or a nice ice cold Coca Cola commercial on the uh, on the TV, you're like, oh man, I need to get a Coke it's subliminal advertising that's the word subliminal subliminal advertising they're trying to subliminally indoctrinate you into thinking that sexualizing teenage girls and teenage boys is not that big of a deal hey they have needs right that's what they're trying to get people to do and be okay with so that when they start making like when they start pushing the envelope and start making it worse it's not as much of a shocker like seriously, if uh, for and I'll give you another example, if you have never seen any level of violence, and then you walk into a war zone and you see that level of violence, it will screw with you. It's going to shock you. You can be like, "Oh my gosh!" But if you played games and seen violent movies throughout your life, and you've lived on farms and uh, uh, you've had to like hunt and you know uh, clean an animal and prepare an animal and strip it and everything. When you go to a war zone to see that stuff, it will bother you most likely, but not as much as if, it would, if, as if it would had you not experienced and seen all the other stuff. They're trying to numb us. They're trying to numb men. With hip-hop, they're trying to numb men to the idea of family. Man, you don't need a family. It's good. Go out there, live your best life. Sow your oats. Have sex with all the girls you want. Don't worry about women because women ain't loyal. That's the narrative that they're selling out there right now. And we're buying into it. We're literally, figuratively eating poison when we listen to that stuff. There's nothing in hip-hop that teaches men how to become better men, how to become business owners. It's all about hustling. And guess where hustlers end up? Either dead or in prison. And when you're in dead or you're in prison, the government makes money. Cause the government taxes, everything they make money. So they're making money. They don't care. They want you to be locked up. So when you get out, they're making money. When you're in there, they're making money. When you're dead, they can tax the, uh, the, the funeral home and all the medical expenses that you require to, to take care of everything. The city corners office, they tax that, you know, the services that you got to pay all that stuff. Everything gets taxed. And you're just one less stereotype out of the way. But when you are an active father in your child's life, you're taking away one of the potential prisoners that will make them money. When you refuse to leave your woman when things get hard, you are taking away multiple generations of, of, uh, of prisoners that will make them money. When you're not weaponizing your kids against the father, uh, their father because you don't like them, you are taking potential prisoners out of the prison system that are going to make money for the government. When you stop being entitled and thinking that what you bring to the table is yourself and the man has to bring everything else to the table. When you stop thinking that way, you're going to find an incredible man. But if you keep thinking that all you gotta do is just look sexy and come to the date and that's what you bring to the table. That man most likely is going to have options and you're not going to be one of them. And then you're going to keep doing that, keep having guys pick you up, take you on these dates, and then buy stuff for you. But then you're going to be like 40, 50 years old one day and you're going to realize crap, this didn't get me anywhere. I don't own anything. Everything I've ever had belonged to those men. I thought that, you know, I had all these purses, but now these purses don't sell for anything because they're old. But they were brand new when I got them. Uh, The car that I owned and drove for so long was in the name of the guy I was messing around with. So he took that back once we broke up. You're going to be 50, 60 years old. Actually, probably sooner than that, you'll probably be like 40, 50 years old, way past your prime, thinking, man, I don't have anything to show for all those years. I don't own anything. I haven't gained any skills, nothing. And guess what? All the good men are already married. It's rare that you're going to find a good man at 40, 50 something years old after you've wasted your life sleeping around and, and going after these other guys. These good men don't settle. Because they realize they're good men. They're looking for good women. And of course, you know, women in these situations, they're often going to look back at the guys that they ignored because they didn't make enough money. Now those guys are successful or stable. They got their own house. They're doing, they're doing well by themselves. And then you go back in their lives and you're like, hey, you, know, you look so good, I'm so happy for you. You try to get back with them. They're gonna remember that you had a shot and you shot me down. So uh, I don't need you. I'm not gonna settle for you. And I don't wanna be the settlement prize, I'm the grand prize. So if you think that it de- uh, it devalues you or de- it degrades you to make your man a sandwich, or to to wash his laundry or to cook for him. If he's working and paying the rent, which is the biggest bill you gotta pay. If he's paying the rent and he's working, and you're not working, and you're not paying any of the bills, by default, you should be making making dinner, making uh, or washing the laundry and taking care of the house and making it a home. By default, he's paying all the bills. You take care of your you know yeah you may be working, but if he's paying all the bills. The agreement is you help you help make the house a home. Now, that goes vice versa. If your woman is out there, she's working, she's busting her butt, and she's paying the bills, then men, it is not unmanly or emasculating for you to go keep that house clean. Because I'm telling you, when I get home early, if I have a day off or I'm, I'm not working that day, or I get home early, my fiancé comes home to a clean house every time. Because my mom taught me that real men know how to sweep. Real men know how to make a bed. I cook for her, she cooks for me, we are a team. We are in a very healthy relationship. And honestly, there's a number of uh, of people that have been friends, you know, mutual friends of ours that <laughs> they left because they were so used to being toxic. They enjoyed being toxic. They were so used to being in toxic relationships that the mere sight of someone in a happy and healthy relationship causes them emotional pain. They don't like it, they get mad by it. They're like, "How come you always want to be with him?" She's like, "I want to be. That's my best friend. We have so much fun together." "Yeah, but you never come out drinking and doing anything with us." "I don't want to. I'm not there anymore." "Yeah, it was fun when we did it. I'm not taking anything with it, but like this is my best friend." I'm telling you, if you want to be if you want to be with a good man, you have to be a good woman. And if men, if you want to be with a good woman, you need to be a good man. Because I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how good you swing that day. At some point, your woman's going to be like, I'm tired of this, man. Like, you don't do anything but good sex. You should not wait until, th- like, to, uh, for Christmas to get her something. You shouldn't wait for her birthday to buy her present. You shouldn't wait for Valentine's Day to do something romantic there are many days my baby comes in you know she comes after uh, comes home after i do on sometimes and many times i as soon as she walked in i had some candles lit and i had some uh, some smooth jazz playing or or something special or the song i'll tell you i'll tell you how i proposed to her uh in, in a second but like there's many times when she walks in and she sees this music and i i go to youtube and have this um like this fireplace just playing and uh on the tv in the sign of the crackling wood with it's this, this jazz in the background also some candles lit she walks in she just smiles and goes oh and then i i hold her in my arms and say welcome home baby and start slow dancing with her little things like that didn't cost me any money but i'm telling you that gives her another reason to want to hold on to me we don't know what's going to happen in the future but i'm i'm just i just want you to consider this there are tons I mean, tons of profe- or of athletes who went, like they were the first focus in high school when they were playing football or any sport. Everyone's like, oh, heck yeah, I'm getting him. This college is already looking at him. He's a freshman. All right, he goes into college. Everyone's excited to watch his career. All of a sudden he hurts his knee and it's so bad. They're like, that's a career ending injury. We can't, we can't do anything with them. Some people are like, you know, I'm just going to go into the NFL or I'm going to go into college for like two years. I'm, I'm, I'm not I don't care about the degree. I'm just going so I can get a, uh, get uh, drafted by NFL team. So they go out there. They spend like one or two years in college. <coughs> Excuse me. And then they go to uh, the combine and get drafted into the NFL. Everyone's excited. First year and first couple of months and even first game in. They get injured. Career ending injury. They have no college degree to go back on. They didn't make really any money. They're in seriously in serious debt because they thought that they were going to have a career in this. They don't have a backup plan. Why did I say all that? Because let's say your girl's with you because you, got, you have money. You got so much money, and you know how to put it down in the bedroom. All of a sudden, on your way to work one day, you get in a bad car accident. You can't walk, you can't even feed yourself. You don't know if it's gonna happen to you, but that's what happened. The money starts to go because the medical bills are very expensive. You can't go to work anymore because you can't perform the functions of your job. So they had to let you go. They're not giving you any workman's comp because you didn't get injured while on the job. The only person you have to take care of you to wipe your butt is your girl. But wait, your girl was with you because because you were great in the bedroom and you have money. So naturally, she's going to start getting mad and she's just going to show up. You're going to wake up one day, opening your eyes, can't get out of bed. And you're waiting, hey, baby, where you at? I can't move. I can't get out of bed. I need to use the restroom. And she's gone. And she sent you a text. Not even a handwritten note, just a text. Say, I'm sorry, baby, but I can't do this. She has no incentive to be there. She has no reason to be there because the money's gone and the D is gone. And then you realize that your relationship never gave her any reason to stay if it was all gone. I'm telling you right now, I know for a fact, God forbid, but if I was ever in in a car accident or anything where I could not take care of myself, my fiance would stick through everything. She would be there for me. She would wipe my butt if I couldn't wipe my own butt. she would feed me. She would wash my clothes. She would clean out a pan, you know, a bed pan if I had to use it. She's that woman. That is the kind of partner you should be looking for. If you don't have a partner if you you're dating somebody or you're married to somebody and you can't see them doing that, you really need to think your priorities because this kind of future can happen to anyone. and do you really want to Risk that kind of feature? Like if something happens, you can't take care of yourself. Do you really want to wait and see? Nah. The media that we've been following, the TV shows, the urban books, the hip hop songs that are out there, they have destroyed the very character of a woman who will be there for their man, who will wash him, take care of him, a man that will be there for his woman. That will get up and rub her feet without her even asking. That will get up and make dinner. That is destroying the cre- the very uh, uh, presence of anyone that will do that. If you listen to hip hop, the likelihood of you being that kind of person, if you're listening to the mainstream stuff that is out there, if that is the kind of stuff for that or that that thug life stuff that you know they got an underground or whatever, if you're listening to that kind of music, and that's your your niche, that's your focus you're degrading yourself and you're also erasing very slowly the very possibility of you marrying or dating a good one and being aware of it because i've had some good ones in my life but i wasn't good back then so i didn't realize how good those women were until later on down the road when i became a good one and i had my heart broken by some bad ones and i'm like dude i i really had some good ones god was merciful to me you know to to let me experience that and also give me the woman that i have now she's not my property she's my best friend she's my equal she knows that this house is our home and i'm telling you there's women out there that are that are good quality just like my baby my baby is one of a kind of course but i'm saying like the kind of quality that she is is also out there still if i gave my fiance a a ring that was made of plastic she would love it just as much as the one i did give her i designed the ring for her to make sure that no other person would ever have the ring that she has in fact uh the story of how i proposed to her i've been planning this for a while i invited her father to my birthday party um well before her father was not he wasn't a big fan of me because of the color of my skin like he you know he was a traditional mexican he's like I don't, I don't want a black dude dating my daughter. Cause what I see on TV, blacks are this kind of person. He was believing the stereotype that was shown heavily on TV and also heavily out there in LA, you know, this is a very common thing. You know, blacks tend to not treat their women well, that's the stereotype. And a stereotype is a stereotype is because very often it's true. And as much as we hate stereotypes, the fact is, is that this is a very common thing in LA and also in lots of other parts of the United States. But nonetheless, her father was not a big fan. He he was never like saying, you should not be with him. He just wasn't a fan of our relationship. So every time I came over to her house and I saw him, I would ask permission to go inside and address him. And and I would walk inside and I would say, thank you for allowing me into your home. I would always say it in Spanish and um I would treat him with respect. I would always go greet him and and try to talk with him just a little bit without become a new a, becoming a nuisance to him and uh then one day where he was eating and I made a decision that I want to ask my fiance to marry me I had already asked the mother I already asked my fiance's mother if I can have her blessing to marry her daughter and she said absolutely she was she was very humble and she was crying and um then I went up and while her father was eating eating dinner and you know traditionally the man's eating his dinner you don't bother him leave him alone let him eat his dinner especially an old-school traditional father like it like like hers so I walked over and I requested you know uh permission to speak you know address him and talk to him And he he kind of just looked over you know side-eyed looked at me like what do you want and I just knelt down I knelt down on my knees and I said in Spanish and I said I love your daughter with all my heart she's the greatest thing that ever happened to me and with all my heart I really want to marry her I promise you that I will not hurt her that I will take care of her That I will fight to provide for her as best as i possibly can will you please give me your blessing and his eyes just got big and he turned toward me full body and his eyes started to well up and he started explaining like she's a good woman she's a good girl i never had any problems with her please take care of her you have my blessing and from that point on he treated me very different he gave me hugs instead of fist bumps like every time he sees me he stands to his feet to give me a hug and i said and i tell him i love you father in spanish i te quiero mucho pa and he's like tambien te quiero he always tell me like i love you as well and i'm not latino but i speak spanish and that's also something that they were very impressed by that i was interested in learning the, about their culture it wasn't just like they they were had a, a fear that when when my fiance and i have kids that I'm not going to, you know, entertain them or 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 teach them about their culture. Like it's all going to be American Black culture. But I wanted to reassure them that no, I want my children to know where they come from. Culture is important. Knowing how you got here is important. It helps you understand who you are. And so I invited him one day, uh, like to my birthday. And I said, you know, this is my first birthday with my own place. So like I would love to have you. So he came. Him and my fiance and her sister like don't get offended if he doesn't come he's kind of like that he doesn't like to go anywhere so on the day of my birthday my mom was here my older brother was here and uh all of a sudden they pull up and he steps out of the car and I'm like oh my gosh he's here nobody except for one of my good friends nobody has any idea nobody has any idea about what I'm about to do so after, you know, after the festivities we're having a good time and I open my presents stuff like that, after I opened my last present, I, you know, I've been preparing my fiance for a one-on-one dance in front of everybody. And the song is called Rescue Me by Chris Young. It's a country song. I met my fiance in a warehouse where um, we were both working together and everyone called me Superman. And they gave me that nickname. And, you know, I it, I I was just really strong and I was able to lift a lot of really heavy things pretty easily um just you know just experiencing the military and little things that i learned here and there <clears throat> so the song starts out i could be your superman and basically he's saying look superman can save everyone else but who's going to save me will you save me by you know by marrying me that's the song and she, I, I dedicated it to her and i said to her i knew she was never going to listen to it because it's country music she's like not a big country fan so I knew she wasn't going to listen to it and she and I would dance multiple times to it just to practice so on the day of my birthday we danced and then I took a knee right after that and I asked her to be my birthday present and I asked her will you marry me and she was crying and everyone was like what like dude you planned a family get together your birthday party and your engagement party all at the same time like yeah because now my baby was my birthday present." And she loves it. And I don't let that romance die just because time goes on. I never get used to her. I always show gratitude for the incredible woman that I have. And one of the reasons why I have this type of mentality is because I do not subscribe to nor entertain detrimental or toxic hip-hop. What you listen to greatly impacts your personality, your way of thinking your very peace levels so if you're going to listen to music that degrades women what makes you think you're not going to do that at some point you're going to adapt or adopt that mentality it just happens it's called subliminal messaging you listen to that kind of stuff it's going to become part of you and as i've often said in my episodes women you're so much more than a pair of boobs. You don't have to sit there and show your cleavage off to get a good man because a good man doesn't care about that. If you go on a first date, dressing sensual is different from dressing sexy. You don't want a man thinking about having sex with you because he's not going to respect you. You want a man thinking about who are you? How smart are you? What do you have like what are your goals in life? What achievements have you had? What are things that you want to do in life? Like, those are the questions a good man would ask you. He would smile. He he wouldn't, because guys don't care how much money a woman makes. For the most part, we don't care about that. We care about your character. Are you going to take care of him? Because essentially, at some point, when you're in a relationship, women, I don't know if you're aware of this, but your man needs a mother too. Part of your billet about being a mother to the children you will one day have, assumingly, is also being a mother to your man it's part of the it's part of the job description you have to nurture and be his mother as well as his his wife or girlfriend or whatever that's just kind of part of the thing and men do the same thing men have to sometimes be a father figure in the relationship that firm like uh-uh nah 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 babe stop it you're that's like because you want to go and react or do something you shouldn't do and they're the voice of reason saying babe no like it's just there's certain characteristics of mothering and certain characteristics of fathering to each other that are necessary in a relationship making a lunch for your man if he's working and you're not or you know he's providing everything and you're working as well that's part of the team you know on a football team not everyone throws the ball some people like the quarterback throws the ball and others block some receive some watch everyone has a role But the role complements the team. Ultimately, a marriage, a relationship, it's a team. If you're looking for a good man, you need to be a good woman. If you're looking for a good woman, you need to be a good man. Because good women aren't going to fall for your BS. And good men are not going to settle for yours. I mean, I know I went off on talking in a lot, about a lot of different subjects and everything about this, this chapter, if you will, of entertainment and the detriment that it's had on society, especially the black community. It's important to recognize that the type of entertainment to which we subscribe impacts who we will become. And ultimately it's not just us who suffer. It's our kids. It's our neighbors. It's our friends. Don't fall for that narrative of being a Bosby that doesn't need anybody because when you're 60 years old, you're going to realize, crap, I wasted all that time. Now I'm all alone. All the good ones are taken. Now I'm going to have to just settle for someone who's just going to want to spend life with me. I'm serious. That's what's going to end up happening. Don't fall for that Hollywood Bosby that that is not even the people portraying that are doing that themselves they have healthy relationships they're just putting on a character that you're buying into because they know you'll be crazy enough to buy it you're not a victim don't attribute that mentality so With all these points that I made, I wanted to see if there's anyone else that had anything that they'd like to add, because there's so much going on in society today, and we're we're being hit hard morally. Especially the women out there. We're seeing more and more TikToks out there with girls just asking that same question. Where are all the good men at? Well, the good men are looking for good women and they're tired of being taken advantage of. You got all these good men out there chasing women and saying, hey. You know, would you like to go on a date with me? And she's like, no, you drive a Honda. I'm good. And they treat him like crap. We're just tired of being taken advantage of. We're tired of being treated like like we're second class citizens or we're not good enough when all we have is our heart. But you can get a man who makes six, eight figures a month and he won't even give you his heart. The most precious treasure he has. Hello, Olu. I hope I pronounced that right.
1: Yes, you did. You definitely did.
0: Welcome to the show. Um,
1: Thank you for having me. So I was listening in first, and then I had to jump in because what you're saying is so true. Like, all right, so I went to Turks and Caicos, and that's where my boyfriend lives. And in the beginning, when I met him, you know, he lives in Turks, and um, he's from Haiti, and I'm from New York. So when I first met him, like, he was always telling me, like, oh. Yeah, I heard New York girls are bougie. I heard, um, you you know, New York girls only like um eight-figure men. Like, you know, telling me I heard, I heard. And I'm like, one day I have to ask them, where you heard this from? And this man gonna tell me Drake or, uh, you know, the rappers. Yeah. Or like, and I was so disappointed. Like, he's a smart man, you guys. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, very just like, since he never been to America, listening to rap music he's thinking um this is actually you know the reality like this is how we are and i was just like you do know that us females not all of us are thinking like that like i remember our first date he took me to this expensive ass bar and i'm looking at him like we don't (laughs) need to be here and then he was just like no because you know like i really want to get to know you I'm like, you can't get to know me from a rap song. Yeah. You feel like, what? So I just feel like, honestly, what you're saying is so true. Like, it's like words are very powerful. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And people, yeah. So it's just like, you know, some of the lyrics, you know, I know a girl from New York. She only, she only, um, they six figures and stuff. And men are actually men that don't live like in new york or even men who do live in new york are feeling like all right yeah this girl she wants to gangster, she wants to thug. this is what you know from these rap videos and these rap lyrics and it's so sad ross like yeah i don't but it's never gonna change because it's like this is what sells
0: oh you yeah know what
1: I'm so that's another issue as well like this is what's actually selling and I travel a lot. So everywhere in the world I go to, I could tell somebody I'm from New York and guess what? They start playing Jay-Z. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah, it but makes they, sense. You know, they 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 feel like um your comfort zone is all right, let me play this. Like I remember um actually was to synagogue and the DJ was like, Oh, where you from? And I swear to God that whole Night, he was just playing New York songs, and I'm. It's like you know all the gangster and all the yeah. They don't know, They don't really know like what they're saying. They're just like dancing to the beat and stuff. Yeah. But when I was walking out, he told me that he did was like I'm so sorry for playing certain songs, like because he was like he hates listening to songs that call cool women bitches, but he was just like a lot of rap songs. Like what's going on with that? I swear to God, he told me he was like. A lot of rap songs is calling females bitches. Do y'all do y'all like being called bitches? <laughs> like in New York, I'm like, no, we don't. If a man calls me a bitch, it's over. Yeah, But, <laughs> it's over.
0: I met so, so many women from Jersey, New York. It, like I'm saying, you guys are a different breed. of strong out there. Like there's there's like country song uh, women from the uh, from the South, and then there's like New York strong women out there. You guys endure some BS in New York and are strong. I'm not kidding. Respect to you all.
1: Oh, I love that. No, it's true. And it's just like, honestly, I just came up here to say thank you for having this topic. Cause it's very important, you know? And like I was saying earlier, like words are very powerful. You'll have like a three-year-old, um, you know, singing the songs of, um, Carly B, you know?
0: Yep.
1: And it's just like, People go on TikTok and they 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 laugh at it, but at the end of the day, it's that. Yeah. Like I have a four-year-old. I'm not in my four-year-old saying no Drake songs or nothing like that. No, because it's inappropriate. And people just laugh. And it's just like, no, we need to change as a society. Society, we need to change. Black, white, brown, I don't care who you are, we need to actually change. Cause I feel like if you're mad that a white person Person can't say nigga, then why are we saying it to each other too? Exactly. And he's like, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot, but I think my time is up. Thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. Uh-huh. <clears throat> wow, that was that was great. Thank you so much, Olu. Let's see who else we got. Some other people jumping on now. That's awesome, and I really appreciate that. I really appreciate the love and and the interaction right now. um I always love hearing the different perspectives of different people and. The Gru the Guru Warrior. How are you doing today? Hello.
2: How you doing? I'm How doing do you well. Do? Yourself. Zulu Nation. Let's get funky.
0: That's okay, right.
2: So, right. I grew up with hip hop, and the only reason why we had hip hop because they took away the music, uh, free music instruments. So we broke a lot of our parents' record players. And- mm-hmm. know stereophonic hi-fi. yeah it was a bad time but a good time you know uh like parties blow you know uh the message stuff like that but actual djing and uh, hip-hop was on the underground and they would not sign anything or any records because it was all ciphers and your mother's so fat, you know, eat a pound cake. And I don't know, she needs uh, a beeping light to back up or something.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: So it was ridiculous at that point. And this woman from Jamaica and Shirley created Sugar Hill record. But she really. wow. She picked three guys. Pizza maker and her son's friend and her son, they didn't know what they were doing. They'd just been around, but they wanted to put it on wax. And then you know they would sign people, but you know Jimmy Iovine, I'll give him credit with Dr. Dre. You know because he was tired of doing the same stuff over and over. Yeah, I have been got with Dr. Dre and the list goes on and on. But, you know. It's not a, a form of black oppression. There are underground artists like rock, like my daughter, Beast smart, who tell you the truth, uh, O'Shun, you know, people like that, but, you know. Uh, Spotify, you got to pay for it to hear it. Yeah. Or listen to a podcast uh, such as myself. They took out 956 shows of like some fabulous music. You know, so. Well, there's, it, there's a lot of
0: uh, good, like some of the, the greatest hip hop songs ever to be written. Like that one, I'm, I'm not a huge Biggie fan, but like that one song, Juicy, yeah. he's talking about like his life, his experiences. They had stories. That's one of the things that makes country music so good is the stories. The relatability of a lot of these songs.
2: Oh yeah, my and, favorite is Jolene. I mean, goodness gracious! Yeah, from Dolly Parton Dolly was amazing. Yeah, he was a storyteller.
0: It's funny I when like I tell Rocky people Roll that
2: too. I like Joan Jedd. I mean, I listen to classical, jazz. My father was a jazz musician. I'm Jamaican, so I had reggae and and uh, carnival music. So. Don't get me wrong, I have no color when it comes to music.
0: Yeah. Music is Just a great like what I like. It's a great medicine.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like it's funny, I tell um when I told my fiance that um that that I will always love you is actually Dolly Parton's song. She didn't know that. And that's it's funny right. how many people don't know that's Dolly's song. But actually wait,
2: Prince wrote it.
0: Really? I did not know that.
2: Mm.
0: Wow, that's that's I an interesting fact. True. Because I, yeah. I hear Dolly sing it, and then when every time someone hears "I Will Always Love You," because Whitney killed that song, she blew it out of the water. Of no one else remembers that. Touch. Yeah,
2: she had touch.
0: <laughs> yeah, she, she had, had the, that. She had that un, like, unmistakable voice. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: mind is a
2: terrible thing. The way.
0: Yeah, another yeah. rapper that I'm a big fan of that I really really love. Is his name is Tom McDonald. He's a uh, uh, he has a lot of YouTube uh, videos. He's a Canadian rapper, but he I think he lives in the United States. And he just speaks truth, unbiased, real, legitimate, unfiltered truth. Uh, His videos on YouTube are actually censored, like he doesn't have the cursing in it, but like they're beautifully worded albums. Like I really encourage anyone listening check out Tom McDonald. His, you, I'm pretty sure you would really enjoy what he's saying because he's speaking and real things. If you know
2: my dude, just tell him to, you know, brand his name.
0: All right, <laughs> for real. Thank you so much, Guru Warrior. I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your feedback as well. And if anyone else has anything they like to add, you like the the opportunities here. I'd love to hear other things that you guys are saying because it's it's so important for us to continue this dialogue. It's important for us to heal because maybe. Not everybody wants to, not everyone is going to heal at one time, but very often healing is a one person at a time process. It's, uh, um, it's, you can change one life by the things that you say, the things that you do, the example that you set, you could change one life and that one life can affect hundreds of other lives.
2: Right. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you about a song. When I was in, I don't know, junior high school or high school, it was called Dear God. It was by ecstasy. Uh, They came out of uh, the UK and kids were committing suicide. Oh, wow. It was a rock song. And you know, they had it banned. The guy was gay, they were pissed. You know, they were still trying to deal with it. New Yorkers were like, what? You stupid idiots are killing yourself over it. So come on, we got hip hop. You know, so that's when MTV started to pay attention. Plus we had like underground hip hop shows, um, Channel 31 on television, Ralph McDaniels, uh, Stretch and Bob Beetle on the radio at four. Radio is on your radio. <laughs> and they said everything. <laughs> we use that like the freaking internet. I swear.
0: Yeah, and no it's thing. really interesting that the like channels, just like when I was talking about earlier, why I boycott Bet because it's called Black oh, Entertainment TV. Yeah. So, like I, the very name of that kind of pressures, like if you're black, you kind of feel pressured that you have to watch BET. And know what's going on on BET. Otherwise, you're quote unquote yeah. not black enough. And but like, think about it. If if the white like if a white person were to come up and say, "We're going to create a, a TV show or a TV network called White Entertainment TV," a lot oh, of people are going to go, "That's racist." Or like, oh, I no, believe that an ethnicity should not be attached to a channel network. But if you want to talk about culture, you never watch Fox thing.
2: News, dude. <laughs>
0: Well, that well, Fox News, <laughs> CNN, like none of these are, you know, consi- they, they don't have the name White Entertainment Television or Black oh, People News. Like, it's,
2: it's called astroturfing.
0: <laughs> well, people can still decide whether or not they want to watch Fox or CNN or, or MSNBC or anything like that. It oh, does. Yeah, there's no oh, ethnic yeah. group listed yeah. on the name. Like, if you have a, oh. a, a if Nike were to create the Black person shoe. You know a lot of black people are going to feel pressure to get it just to you know say oh yeah i want this shoe and then there's going to be a lot of other black people say i'm not going to tell you what I, I, you're not going to tell me what i have to wear
2: like fubu
0: well fubu yeah fubu stands for for us by us us, but it was not for black people by black people that it wasn't named fb uh bb you know it wasn't named for black people by black people it was named for us by us which we can take it mm-hmm. to say it's for black people by black people. We can we can make that decision for ourselves, but it's not called that. But black entertainment yeah. TV is literally called black entertainment TV, which yeah, kind of takes away...
2: Garbage.
0: Yeah, so it's like... That's why I'm like, uh, I don't think... They... And... Say again? Step and
2: fetch it type TV. I... Uh... Yeah, it oh just... I don't
0: God. think that people should attribute race to a channel. Because no, no, there's like, we're not a monolith, meaning we, black people don't all think the same. We don't all act the same. We're not the same people. We're different people, different bodies with similar skin colors, you know? And no, all the whole white American cult, uh, culture is not the same. They think completely different. They all have their own individual personalities, mindsets, religious beliefs, et cetera. So to attribute um a channel to a race, an ethnic group, I think it's it's wrong, which is why I oppose and boycott BET. It, in my opinion, BET should be called Urban Entertainment Television, if that's who they wanna market to, people oh, in the urban areas. That. No, but they should yeah. be called, in my opinion, I think the network itself, the UPN. name. <laughs> UPN. UPN?
2: Yeah, UPN, underpaid, I can't say the word. But, you know, UPN was, was actually owned by Warner that Brothers yes that was just a joke okay warner brothers but i didn't say at first it was like saturday night live yeah so you know but i figured i'd make you laugh because it's not worth your breath to even think about idiocrity such as that honestly yeah there's much more work to be done
0: oh yeah and that's like, that's one of the reasons why, like for the longest time. And I, once again, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time on here.
2: Oh, no problem.
0: And like, one of the things that I really love to do is I love to have dialogues and discussions with people and remind people, cause okay, I've talked to so many individuals and many of the people that know me pushed me into, or, or not pushed me, they motivated me and really just reiterated, Hey, you should be doing a podcast. I'm like, why? I'm like, well, first you have the voice for it. And secondly. You, I think you have something that people need to hear and want to hear. I'm like, okay, well, after, I don't know, the 50th to 100th person told me that, I was like, let me just see. Let me give it a shot. And I started doing it. I just fell in love with it because it's important for us to have, have dialogues. Whether you like this president or hate this president, you can have a dialogue, a civil and respectful dialogue with somebody who has a different opinion. There's not enough of that today. And the only way we learn and grow as a people is by opening our minds and being willing to listen to someone else who has a different perspective. You don't have to agree with that person for you both to live in peace. Most like there's, there's so many, like I have not found a couple yet where a husband and a wife think exactly the same. They both have different opinions, but they have, you know, a team mentality. They're like, I want to work together with my spouse and I want, you know, to come to a compromise. So if you're just discussing the different beliefs, like between an atheist and a Christian, you guys are just discussing what you believe and talking together. You can have an incredible conversation. I sat down and I spoke with a devil worshiper who goes to the church of Satan. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I don't judge anybody for how they believe or what they believe or how they want to worship. That's their right. You know, but I wanted to understand what it is they believed. I wanted to understand what it is that they do in the presence of their beliefs. And I learned that there's lots of different sects of, uh, of satanic churches a number of different ones. They have different ways of doing it. So, but you know, even if they all worship the same individual, there's different ways they do it. And some people were like, like I had a lot of my Christian buddies go, Ooh, man, why did you do that? I would never want to sit next to a devil worshiper. And I told them one of the greatest ways to be an effective doctor is to understand the symptoms of your patient. And if the whole purpose, the whole mission of a Christian is to help bring people into Christ It's important to understand what other people believe. That way, if it's not working for them or when it's not working for them, they'll see that it's working for you. And you can have an opportunity to have a welcome discussion with them, which will lead them away from that path to this path. But if you walk up to a complete stranger and go, oh, you need Jesus, they're not going to listen to that. Even if it's true, they're not going to listen to that because they're going to think, man, you don't know me. Would you think you're perfect? That's immediately what they're going to do to justify and defend. So rather than sit there and try to change somebody and and tell them, oh, you need to do this, I like to learn about people. I like to understand them, see how they think, why they think that way, what makes them tick. Because our interactions are a lot better. You know, even if I have a difference of opinion, I'll speak my opinions if we're talking about opinions, but then they'll see that I don't have any less respect for them as if they had the same beliefs as I did. That I respect their views, I respect their beliefs, and we just have a difference of opinion. That's fine. Let's go get lunch. (laughs) You know, that's just how it is with me. So I do open up the floors is, you know, often because I want to, I want to hear the opinions of other people because there's things that I don't know and I would love to learn them. You know, some people may be having some struggles in their relationships and not understanding, you know, how they can find a better spouse or be a better spouse or find a better partner, et cetera. i I love helping people out especially when they're willing to open up and talk i really love that it's always welcome in my shows i really do appreciate that and if 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 you have something else you'd like to add please feel free to reach out i'd love to talk with you um again this is real talk with rj um i'm using the wisdom app um for this platform right now but i also have my podcasts are available in tons of other places you can find on amazon music you can find it on Google Playcast, or excuse me, Google Podcast, um, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Anchor. You can find it on so many different other platforms. My podcasts have reached twelve different countries right now. Um, they're growing very beautifully. I have a very, um, very faithful uh, a fan base worldwide and nationwide, and it's 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 getting there. So the secret is um, sharing it as well. So please continue to share this. Uh, if you go out to the other platforms to see my podcast. I have uh, this is my fiftieth episode, and it will be the final episode I do in in my first season. I'll be doing other seasons or my second season shortly hereafter. But I really wanted to, um I just wanted to talk about the subject because I'm just seeing so many quote unquote victims in the hip hop industry. Oh man, I'm oppressed, and I got to get all these jewels, and I got to get this chain, and I got to get this and this and this. I've never seen Bill Gates wear a chain. I've never seen Donald Trump wear a chain. I've never seen, uh, um, like the Moguls when they're in business meetings. I don't see them wearing chains and all these, these jewels. I see P. Diddy and um, and and Jay Z. They do it because they were rappers first, so they need to still keep that persona. But make no mistake, when these guys are actually in these meetings and stuff like that, in real business meetings, the character is not there. The businessman is there. The most wealthy people, Warren Buffett, Oprah, they're not wearing all these jewels and all this nonsense stuff. That, is, that stuff doesn't make you money. So why waste money buying all these jewels that are going to lose value? If you think that jewels make you money, they don't. Because I have taken a diamond ring. I've been engaged before. So after I ended that engagement, I took that ring to a pawn shop. Now, the pawn or the pawn um the pawn shop, they look and I also was willing to auction it off. I, I tried auction off because I wasn't going to accept what the pawn uh the pawn shop person was going to offer me. I got a significantly lower amount of money, like thousands of dollars lower than what I had paid for that ring. I was mad. I was like, what the heck? Why why are they not even paying this for that ring? That ring was worth way more. And they're like diamonds aren't worth what you think they are as soon as you take them out they're not worth that much they're not rare stones they're just controlled by the de beers uh, cartel so you could take a diamond from one store and then walk right across the street to another store that's a diamond store you bought that same uh one carat princess cut clear diamond flawless ring you buy that that diamond you take it out of zales and you go right to jared right across the street They're going to tell you that the $5,000 ring you just bought is worth only $2,000. You're going to look at them like, what? And you'll do the same thing. Like, diamonds really don't have the value that you think they do. So it's not a smart investment. But what do these multimillionaire moguls have? They have homes. They have properties. They have resorts. They have yachts. They have things that make money. They don't waste their time buying stupid things that don't make money. The things that hip-hop is trying to get you to buy. Oh, buy these these clothes that cost $4,000 that are only going to be relevant for two months. Buy that. Go get that. You have to have it. Otherwise, you ain't ain't cool enough. These multi-billion dollar moguls aren't buying that garbage. They got a polo shirt that's nice from uh, La Costa or La Costa, whatever it's called. They get from that brand and they go golfing. They don't buy $7,000 shoes. They buy planes, (laughs) they buy things that actually make you money. So my suggestion, if you're hip hop, if you're listening to music and it's degrading women and it's not supporting family or helping you become a better person, turn it off. Don't waste time investing in your own destruction. Invest in your own improvement, in your potential, in your future. You are so much stronger with a partner that once was best for you than you are for settling for somebody who only picked you because of how much money you have. I sincerely thank every one of you for the time you spent here with me this evening. And, um, I know you guys could be anywhere you want to be yet. You chose to be here with me. So thank you. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. Thank you for those who participated and, and also uh, shared their insights and their perspectives. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to what you had to say. Um, again, please go out and check out my other, uh, my other episodes available anywhere podcasts are available. Just look up real talk with RJ and it's the same exact icon as the one you see on this platform right here. Um, don't forget to follow. Don't forget to share. If you go in the other pod or the other platforms to look at my podcast, don't forget to share if you like what you hear. Um, Cause maybe somebody else needs to hear this as well. And I really do appreciate your love and support. Thank you guys have a great evening. And if there's no one else, this is real talk with RJ signing out.